Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottomingPod or visit BottomingPodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hi, my name's Brendan. And I am Matthew, and our pronouns are he and him, and you're listening to Bottoming. So we're back for another episode. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and today our guest is CEO of LGBT youth organisation Just Like Us. We're, we're doing a bit of um, our first callback episode. Mm-hmm. We're revisiting, re- <laughs> revisit. I had a lot of education you could tell. <laughs> revisiting education yeah we are sadly for us i actually think this was a a lovely interview and i'm quite excited to get into this because it seems like there's more positive things that are happening Mm -hmm. in relation to education than what we yeah what what was happening when we were did the first episode Mm -hmm. because initially that first one episode five the last one we did before we left the planet (laughs) we basically just talked about our experiences in school Mm -hmm. and then we also had alex holmes of diana Mm -hmm. award we had chloe davis from diversity role models Mm -hmm. at the time at the time and although those projects were really incredible it seemed like um there was still a lot of progress that needed to be made in terms of like sex education and things like Mm -hmm. that that are starting to creep their way into the education system so um it seems like a really nice uh, 
thing to look at. Mm. And I know it still wasn't that long ago for us because we are baby. <laughs> it is positive to see the, the change um, and kind of the, the different things that are happening and even like the response now that like LGBT kids and their friends, like the, the straight friends, mm-hmm. um, kind of the stuff that you see kind of on, on social media now from them, it's just mm. really encouraging, I think so. Oh, completely. Mm. But before we get into it, have you been? No. You always, with... <laughs> you always start with me. It's, it's you, you first. You said you had some, but you're burning to tell me on the train. Well, it was now for the end of the episode. Oh, that. Ugh. Not burning to tell you. I was getting angry about. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. I was going to say because there's a cream for that. Oh. Well, no. Stay tuned if you want to see what I'm angry about. Um. I yeah. I am good. I'm good. I don't really have anything. I don't think to to obviously you probably tell with the lack of words. I mean, it's been a very busy day so recording this and even like the last few days it's just the, the week has been flying by so I um, think I am okay. Mm-hmm. I had a very productive counselling session last week I think where there was a lot of um, like realisations I think as to some of the stuff I need to do. Have um, you finally realised that you're gay? <laughs> I realised it's taken... <laughs> Taken a long time, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure about that now. Um, Seventy thirty, <laughs> <laughs> baby steps. Um, but yeah, other than that, I am also looking forward to tomorrow's session because I want to continue. It's that time what of the week. Yeah, what I discussed last week. Um, yeah, I just want to get to the get to the bones of it. Wait, bones. get to the bones of it. Get to the meat of it. What do you get to? I want to get to it anyway. <laughs> Oh, how are you? <laughs> um, I can't wait for you to get to the bones, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm I'm good actually. There's not been um any notable dips, mm-hmm. which is good. There's not yeah, nothing's no one's screaming. KFC dip. KFC. Oh, I do love a KFC dip. You Supercharger. <laughs> I've just gotten into um, sweet sweet and sour, sweet chilli. Sweet chilli. Oh, delicious. <laughs> so they're the dips I'm into at the minute. Um, but mentally, no. I, I think mm. I've been on a kind of even trajectory. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that stood out. One thing that is exciting is I've submitted my first lab report. Oh, yeah. So first assignment for year two. <laughs> Where are we going with that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's very exciting because it means that i'm well we'll see we'll see what grade i get but it means that i'm i'm doing all right <laughs> um and that's that's pretty much it i've just had a really terrible mince pie and then no <laughs> now i'm just eager to know what proportion people like mince pies because okay. i think you're being a little bitch about it to be honest <laughs> yeah no i am i am a, a bratty, rude, obnoxious brat yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i think it comes down to the fact that i've always despised fruitcake homophobe <laughs> because of the fact that there's fruit in cake like it doesn't make sense i only ever wanted to you to me <laughs> i only ever wanted cake that was covered in frosting and like <laughs> i was a child monkey. <laughs> so anything with a with a raisin in it just seemed like an ambush <laughs> for well, we've got a few more episodes to record and I'm going to 
I'm going to get you on the mince pie train. Maybe we should do a taste test every By episode. The the, yeah, okay. Okay, today's taste was Sainsbury's own, was it? It was not, I feel like it was like the the temporary kitchen in the back of Sainsbury's. <laughs> it was like the cheapest one you can get, but it was the only one they had. Poor Kathleen in Sainsbury's kitchen. So... <laughs> she is working her hardest trying to give us these mince pies. You know, we've endorsed dough, our favourite coffee shop in the past. <laughs> this is not an endorsement no. of Sainsbury's mince pies. Unfortunately, although they do do some good ones, but they're just not on the shelves yet, so... I mean, it's just 10 November, so give them a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I await um, to be surprised. <laughs> so as we said at the beginning, the episode is about revisiting education. We had the pleasure of speaking to the CEO of Just Like Us, they're doing some really amazing things in schools to try and improve the experiences of LGBT people. So we sat down and got to know a bit more about what they do, as well as the research that they did with Sybil. Yeah, we we did record this interview a little while back. You know, we've mentioned how prepared to be in this season. <laughs> back in 2017. Um, yeah, so at the, this research that came out over the summer, um, and we spoke to Dominic a little bit after that, so it's all out there to kind of have a look at. And they... Um, have kind of reshared it quite a lot as well because there's been quite a lot of um, relevant conversations that have come up around mm-hmm. schools specifically so um yeah i mean as always you can read the full report on their website which we'll mention at the end and also we'll link to it on our website bosmanpodcast.com so my name's dominic arnell and i use he and him so just like us is really a charity that's aimed at improving the experiences of lgbt plus young people growing up um, it's still unacceptably difficult to be LGBT plus, unfortunately, and we'd like to change that. So can you tell us a little bit about the ways that you do work with schools directly? So the first program, as you mentioned, is the Ambassador Program. And for that one, we train 18 to 25 year old LGBT plus people to speak about their experiences at school. And we do this because I think a lot of the time at school, there aren't LGBT plus people talking about themselves. It's, it's, it's quite an unusual thing to happen in a school for someone to sort of openly talk about being LGBT. So we want to put that back into school because actually that's exactly what we should be doing. Uh, and it's perfectly healthy to talk about our identities. And actually, it's really unhealthy not to and to suppress all of that and to make being gay a dirty word or, or an insult or that sort of thing, which we know exists in lots of schools. Um, and then in addition to that, we've got School Diversity Week, uh, which is an annual celebration of LGBT plus diversity that happens at the end of June. It sort of coincides with Pride Month, and we do that on purpose because we want schools to feel like actually there's a bit of pride that they can celebrate as well and something that's, re- that's really good for them to take forward. And as part of School Diversity Week, we have an alternative curriculum um, online where we have lessons delivered by LGBT plus people uh, in subjects that, that are really, really interesting to them and, and that, that would be interesting to other LGBT plus people. So, for example, we had someone from the British Museum talking about same-sex relationships in Greco-Roman times and someone from the V&A talking about how LGBT plus people have used art um, when they couldn't be themselves and that sort of thing. Uh, And then finally, we've got uh, Pride Groups, which is a program that encourages schools across the UK to set up LGBT and allies groups uh, in schools because research shows that's one of the best things you can possibly do to support young people. And how do you actually recruit people for the ambassador program? 
So we're recruiting people at the moment. <laughs> so if anyone would be interested, um, one of the one of the ways is to come over to our website www.justlikeus.org, uh, and there's everything you, you need to sign up. Other than that, we recruit through social media. Uh, we partner with other groups that have access to specific um, mi- minoritized communities within the LGBT umbrella. So, for example, um, uh, we've we've done a really successful partnership with Leonard Cheshire this year to increase the number of disabled LGBT plus people uh, that are on our program. So basically, we, we use every trick available to us, absolutely everything we can. And that includes uh, coming and talking on podcasts <laughs> uh, and press opportunities and everything else. So what sort of people do you get coming forward? What type of backgrounds do they usually have? So, it's, do you know, it's a really interesting question because I think volunteering is in itself something that you can do once your basic needs are met a lot of the time. Yeah. And obviously that has created issues with various types of diversity on the program that we're working really hard to address. I think um, what we're seeing over the last few years is increasingly we're seeing really different people come to the ambassador program for, for different reasons as well. So the ambassador program used to be something that was quite simple. So we'd say, right, well, we'll train you to speak in schools about your experiences. Simple as that. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't want to get up and speak about their experiences in schools. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I've mentioned this. I think it sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and obviously I'm very supportive of it, but lots of people have a really, really, really difficult time at school. Mm-hmm. And we want them to be welcome in our program as well. Um, so what we have at the moment is we have about 40 hours of training delivered by us, delivered by corporate partners, delivered by uh, specialist groups uh, under the LGBT umbrella. So we want to embrace the fact that some people that come on our program will probably never deliver a school talk. And actually, that's OK, because this isn't just about what we get from these young people. The young people are a beneficiary to us as well. So if you come on our program and you have an amazing time, and you meet loads of friends and you decide school talks aren't for you, then great, and, and I hope you have fun, and I hope that you're better off as a result. So um, we're looking for better ways to describe that because we think actually positioning it as a volunteering program kind of misses some of the personal development, some of the fun uh, that happens when you join the program. And at 18 years old, not everyone is absolutely where they need to be, and we need to be broad enough to, encom- uh, to encompass all those people too. It might not come as a surprise to you, but both me and Matthew went to schools that had zero representation of LGBT people. So to have had someone come in and talk about those kinds of things uh, would have been really life changing, I think, uh, to be able to hear just a positive representation of what it's like to live in the world as an LGBTQ plus person. What type of feedback do you get from people in schools receiving these talks? Well, do you know, it's really interesting you say that because sometimes people say to me, um, well, you know, people don't, everything can be aimed at straight people sometimes. Mm. So people will say to me, well, you know, does hearing one talk mean that you're not homophobic anymore? And the the assumption there is that our program is aimed at changing straight people's minds. Mm. You know, does does hearing one talk make a difference? Well, if you're straight, it probably doesn't. If you're LGBT, it does. Mm. And actually, we hear all the time when you talk to LGBT people about the first time that, that we met someone that was kind of cool and a bit older and had this great story and they were completely cool with being gay or, or bi or trans. And, and, it, and it was kind of a transformative experience. So um, I th- that's the experience that we're looking to create in other people. And it happens all the time where you have kids that will come up to the speakers at the end of the session and just sort of say, thank you. Um, that, that really meant a lot to me. I think um, it, 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 is, it is quite amazing and it has always fascinated me 
the fact that you can just tell your story as a person and that can be so influential and powerful to others um but it, it's definitely the case and we and we see it every day and and this for the majority of straight people i guess would be like another assembly but for someone who might be struggling or you know a little bit unsure there could be that light switch moment for, uh, for them especially um like brendan said there wasn't a shred of representation <laughs> at my school um but there were a couple of times um where the odd teacher would have done something that kind of made me feel like I knew they had my back um, and those memories are ingrained in my memory. Isn't that funny that you remember that now yeah. and that was probably less than what we're talking about having someone come in and deliver a whole assembly and yet st- it's still there yeah. and I think you know don't get me wrong I, I really do hope that um, I really do hope that that's and I and I know from from our feedback that straight kids will listen to it and think oh I haven't really thought about that before and they can have a moment but we are a charity for LGBT plus young people mm. and I think that really is at the beating heart of what we do we are for when we deliver curricular content so we're designing programs we wanted to make things that LGBT plus people would enjoy mm. and it's amazing because I've been in LGBT plus education quite a long time and it's amazing how often we do kind of the LGBT lessons so we're like this is what a lesbian is this is what a gay person is this is what a bi person is and everybody knows that stuff anyway I think I don't think that anyone's really learning anything from hearing that again mostly Um, so I think what's actually better and more fun (laughs) is to say well you know what famous LGBT people have there been throughout history and you know why is it that you know I studied Oscar Wilde at school and read his books and they never said he was gay like you've got to work really hard not to say Oscar Wilde's gay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I, I, and, and for me, that's where it's, it's coming from. We need to take it out of this kind of specialist box mm. and say, actually, we've been here forever. And we are going to bring those examples and those stories to life in schools all across the country. Do you have any pushback? I know that's kind of a negative question, but do you have any pushback with certain schools that don't want those types of programs? It, it does happen. Uh, it does happen. And we have, um, and we, when we do marketing, we market to all schools. Uh, and just every now and again, I'll get an email from someone that, that would rather not have received, received an email. Uh, and I think, I think it's, I think first and foremost, it's just really sad. And I, I say that because um, a lot of the time there's an assumption that, um, that, that the reason for that it, it is that it comes from a place of, of faith. And I think that sometimes, unfortunately, that's true. Um, I think that there are certainly faith schools that find this work very challenging. What I'd also say is that we've got faith schools within our network uh, that do this work fantastically well. Mm-hmm. And they do it because they view it as part of their responsibility as a school yeah. and part of their sort of faith. Is, is to get this stuff right. And I do think just that that sort of difference is so interesting. Why is it that some groups can look at this like, well, well we mustn't go near this. And other groups think, you know, that it's imperative that we're supporting all children because that's inherent to our faith. Um, I, th- I think, um, so I think generally speaking, our role is to meet schools where they're at and to say, look, I get it. If this is difficult for you, if no one has ever done this in your school before ever, then this is a huge mountain for you to climb. And actually, it's probably harder for you than it is for me. Um, so we want to be able to make sure that we're there for those schools too and that we're providing resources actually that, that they understand and that are in keeping with their experience because 
um, you know, if we're to use the, the faith example, if we're working, say, with a Jewish school and we send in someone for whom that's not their experience, is that really moving that school along at all? Um, or have we, in fact, maybe even reinforced the fact <laughs> that this is something that happens outside that community? So, so for me, it, it really, that's the, that's the case, one of the main cases for us being as diverse as we can possibly be, because we need to match the school network that's alive in the UK, which is incredibly diverse. Would you be able to talk about the findings from your research undertaken by Sybil on the impact of school, home and coronavirus on LGBTQ plus youth? Yeah. So when we were going into uh, lockdown, uh, and it's, it's it's in some cases it's been a bit controversial, this, because obviously the last two years has not been fun for everybody. Mm. Um and no one, I would suspect, has had a great time. Um, but um, we believed, and I still believed, and now now know from the research that the impact on LGBT plus young people um, would be significantly harder. Um, and the reason for that is that we know that LGBT plus people, on average, uh, have more problems in the family home than non-LGBT plus people. So about a quarter of LGBT plus people have daily tension at home. Um, as opposed to about 10% of non-LGBT plus people. Um, LGBT plus people, there's about 500 LGBT plus people who are homeless in London right now uh, because they were kicked out because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. So there are all these kind of conflicts that stand by side. And I think if you have a great relationship with your family, then lockdown is absolutely inconvenient, depressing, and all of those things. Uh, But it is probably not dangerous, for example. Um, and these are the, th- the things we don't talk about a lot because they're really, really unpleasant. Um, but unfortunately, they're things that LGBT plus people go through quite a lot growing up. Um, so we wanted to do a piece of research to really look at the impact of lockdown coronavirus on LGBT plus young people who are a group without fantastic mental health anyway. Um, and what we found was that LGBT plus young people were significantly more likely to say that their mental health had got worse throughout lockdown. Uh, they were significantly more likely to have higher rates of anxiety, depression, um, and um, as I'm, we're on a mental health podcast, so it probably goes without saying that we're going to be talking about these kind of topics, um, but they were significantly more likely uh, to, to say that um, they, they'd attempted suicide. Um, so, and this is a group for whom all those things are, tr- are, are true anyway, but they have got worse, and they've got worse at a higher rate than non-LGBT plus people over the last 18 months. Um, so very, very challenging. We also asked, and this is going to sound funny, but I wanted to know if LGBT plus work makes a difference. <laughs> I was, <laughs> we, so we evaluate our programs, of course. Um, but I was really interested to ask people across the country, are LGBT plus kids happier in schools that do LGBT plus work? than schools that don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we found out, and of course we, we had hoped, <laughs> and we found out that they were, which is great. What we also found out was that non-LGBT plus kids were happier, had lower rates of anxiety, had lower rates of depression in schools that engaged in LGBT inclusion than schools that didn't, which I just thought was incredible. Um, of course, there's a bit of correlation going on here. I think if you're good on LGBT, maybe you're also good on mental health, you know? Um, but at the same time, it really made the case to me that this isn't something in my view, and I, I feel quite strongly about this, that schools should be able to opt out of. Um, you know, our, our data, which was done by Sybil, who are a research agency with 4,000 respondents, uh, showed that LGBT and non-LGBT kids are more likely to attempt suicide in schools that don't do this work. And you kind of think, what, what do we have to do here? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, like, how is this not the end, the end of the story in yeah. this regard? Um, so it, it was a wonderful piece of research to do. Uh, in the, I'm very, very glad we've done it, um, but, but a very difficult read. When we were looking through the report, there were a couple of um, specific things that, you know, before I checked the methodology, I was really interested in. So firstly, obviously, the number of students that responded and also staff. That was another aspect of it. Um, the amount of students identified as LGBTQ was so much higher than I thought it would be. Over a thousand identified as LGBT plus. Um, and yeah, it, 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 I mean, there's a lot of data on numbers of young people that identify as LGBT in one sense or another. And I think actually people use it in a really negative way sometimes, because I think the way that we understand queerness is, is changing. And if a young person, I mean, I'm saying this is new. I think this was the case when I was a kid. <laughs> but, you know, if, if a young person says that they're bi or they're queer, there's a bit of a kind of, well, are you, you know? Um, and I think that actually what's happening is that young people are a lot better at identifying the fact that actually this isn't in or out. We can, we can be part of this. This is, this is, this is part of who I am. Um, so so um, we're seeing in almost every survey, we're seeing high numbers of LGBT plus people um, and, and high numbers of trans young people, high numbers of non-binary young people. Because I think before you've got a language, as, as, as we said from our school, where we didn't have any of this, you know, how, how do you describe something that you've never heard? And even if you know, I can hand on heart say if I was asked that survey in school, I would never have felt comfortable to say, especially in that environment. Do you know, it's so true. I think the the interesting thing is that it's a bit of a, for me, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because on one side, there are schools that we would highlight. They're doing phenomenal work, absolutely wonderful stuff from primary through secondary, um, stuff to be really, really proud of. The trouble is that it, things are so patchy out there that there are schools that wouldn't fill in the survey, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, there, are, there are schools where you still can't mention, there are secondary schools. So, <laughs> you know, kids up to the age of 18 where you can't mention being gay positively right now. And a lot of the time when I meet LGBT adults, they'll always say to me, always I get this, is, oh, I was so different when I was at school. Um, you know, we didn't hear anything. And I'll always say, why do you think that's necessarily different? Because it's not. A third of the young people that answered our survey, and this is the ones that had access to our survey, said that their school never spoke positively about LGBT people. Um, so there, are, there is some fantastic work going on, um, but it's patchy and it happens when, when people want to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so what we try and do is set ourselves up. So if you've got that energized teacher that wants to bring this into their school, that we make life as easy as possible for them. Uh, and we really give them everything in a way that it's finished. We will we'll take that, we'll sh- shoulder the burden here so you can make sure that you're able to do this. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really good piece of research and really, really nice to see. Oh, I'm so glad. So how can people listening to this interview um, either get involved directly or support Just Like Us? So if you come over to our website at www.justlikeus.org, uh, there's a whole lot of ways to get involved. So um, if you're between 18 and 25, you can become an ambassador with us. Uh, if you're still at school and you want to get your school involved, uh, you can get your school involved from there. Um, and if you're older than that, we're, we're looking at ways to engage uh, engage you from this point. Um, it's kind of a new area of work, but we'd love to have you as part of that discussion. So please come over.
So thank you again, Dominic. It was really wonderful to chat. Um, and yeah, we're just really excited, I guess, to see what else comes from Just Like Us. Mm. You've been doing kind of really amazing work since um, the organisation kicked off. So yeah, Absolutely. more of that. More of that. Another thing that is, um, we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but another thing that's changed as of 2020 last year is relationships and sex education, which now includes same-sex relationships within the curriculum. It'll be really interesting to see what that does as well in, in terms of the environment of the school. We know the research from Just Tucker said that the impact that it had on both straight people as well as mm-hmm. LGBT people was positive. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the inclusion of same-sex relationships has the same impact. Mm-hmm. But I guess time will tell with that. Yeah. And obviously it's it's taken a while to get there again. Mm-hmm. That is the... Um, Again, in the shadows of Section 28, it's taken way too long to get to the point it's at. But mm. um, you have to celebrate, I guess, the small things because mm. it um, it just continues to push things forward. Yeah. Um, which I think especially at this point in time, um, you know, we've said in, in lots of previous episodes that, you know, rights are really difficult to gain and mm-hmm. they can take a long, long, long time. Um, and they obviously should be celebrated when they are. But you can never get complacent because they mm. can be rolled back like a tenth of the time, yeah. um, even faster. And I think I've maybe been a little bit hesitant to talk about this so far just because it boils my blood. It makes me very, very angry. But mm. um, we've mentioned several episodes about kind of the media and the impact and the damage that they've had, especially on trans people in the in the UK, for several years now, it's been a targeted campaign by the majority of the British press, and mm. um, and we've really seen that amp up over the well, over this year, especially, um, especially with kind of anti-trans and quote unquote gender critical feminists. So I think unless you've kind of not had your phone on for the last few months, you will have seen. Um, some of the news stories are specifically around Stonewall mm-hmm. and that has been a very targeted attack by several um, anti-trans organisations, you know, the LGB Alliance, who claim to not be anti-trans, but um, they've done nothing specifically for the rights of, of gays and lesbians, which is what they claim to do. Um, all of their policies that they have are specifically about restricting rights um, for trans people and focusing on a what I and I think a lot of other people agree, a lot of other feminists agree, is quite a restrictive and backwards view, um, which ultimately will only impact gays and lesbians in the end as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a the kind of phrase where like they came for one person and uh, the trans community and trans people in this country are just the start. Yeah, and we've already seen people try to go in different routes. So like same sex, um, LGBT inclusive education in schools. Mm-hmm. That there was protest outside of outside of certain schools against mm. that. It doesn't take a lot for that to, to happen again, especially when, like a lot of the anti-trans organisations and groups on online groups, they're very very well organised, mm-hmm. um, and they may only be a smaller group of people than people that support, um, but they're very very vocal, mm-hmm. and they've got backing of some quite powerful, dangerous, rich people as well, which always helps when you want to get your message across, um, which uh, has culminated in the BBC. Um, I, I, in, the, the, in the UK especially, the BBC obviously is supposed to be impartial, and yet they have um, withdrawn from today. They've withdrawn while we're recording this from Stonewall's um, 
from Stonewall's different schemes that they partake in because it um, is viewed as being um, essentially impacting the view that people have on their impartiality. While in the same statement, I've claimed that um, they're not impartial on human rights, which I think, again, personally, I think this is an enormous contradiction. Mm -hmm. And I know there are a lot of LGBT people that work at the BBC. Um, The freelance for the BBC, it's obviously a a mammoth organisation. It's enormous. Um, And yeah, I think just kind of solidarity with everyone that is um, having to deal with that at your place of work. Never mind everyone on the outside that doesn't work at the BBC that is having to having to see see what's going on mm-hmm. and and witness this and ultimately like you know just forever be a target in this country because people have got nothing better to do you know there's so many other things that we could be focusing on and arguing about and fighting about and this just seems very very much like the wrong side and the wrong place to be doing it mm-hmm. and it just gets more and more toxic um. Kathleen Stock, who you may know from, again, here, I've been cancelled tour and I've been silenced tour. Um, again, she was in every national newspaper, every single national newspaper. She was on BBC, BBC Radio. She was then on um, Lorraine on ITV. And out of every single person that spoke to Kathleen, Lorraine was the only person that said to her, if anything, you've now got a louder voice. Mm-hmm. She wasn't sacked. She stepped down from that position at Sussex University. Mm-hmm. She's a trustee of an anti-trans organisation, and she said that she was bullied out of that, um, out of that university. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No. She's been given a bigger platform. She's now gone to join the University of Austin, I believe it is, which is a new university set up, basically with a load of people that want to be able to teach, um, quote unquote, courses that maybe they feel have been shut down in other places because, uh, typically. They either are offensive or go against where we should be going mm. around human rights or equality. So, um, yeah, there's a there's a lot. And I have kind of feel like I've had to have been switched on to it all on social. So that's why I'm just very irate about it, I think. And mm. then especially the news today of the BBC, it just, um, it sickens me, to be honest. I think this country is just in a horrible, horrible state. And I think we will look back on this, hopefully in not too long, and just recognise that it was a really dark time for, I think, LGBT people, especially trans people in the UK, the same mm-hmm. way that we now look back on the 80s and homophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is, that's me off my soapbox. From one terrible rant <laughs> to our positive things of the week. Our positive things of the week bring this back up. Yeah. Um, I think you should start because you're a bit flustered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you might probably agree with me then that our positive thing of the week collectively could be the weekend we had. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. We had last weekend, weekend, didn't we? we? Did, actually, yeah. We actually were supposed to go out. Mm-hmm. For Ben's birthday. Oh, again. happy birthday, Ben. Benjamin Dean. Ben Henry. Not again, Ben. It's his He's within this book. And he, yeah. Right here, the bottom book, The Very Merry Murder Club, which came out last week. Um, is He's not included in this book. But anyway, it's supposed to go off his birthday. And he was yeah. sick. Sick, bless him. Bless him. Tis the doll. season. <laughs> then we went out. We, we did some stickers at the Queen Adelaide. Glass House. Columbia Road. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, we met up with our good friends, Alistair and Jamie. And Gus. Oh, and little Gussie. And Gussie. 
Gus is the dog. And had a gorgeous Sunday roast, which loved it. Loved it. So that's mine anyway. You can join in if you want, or if you thought something else. Yeah, I mean, I was there and I didn't join. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will take that. Oh my God, that was another thing we did when we got home. We went live on Twitch. Oh my God. And we'd had a few gins. I can barely remember that. I watched a little bit back yesterday. It's a mess. Is it? Yeah, it's a mess. Oh no, we didn't so, say anything inappropriate. No, really. I didn't watch the whole hour and 20 minutes, no. <laughs> hour and 20 minutes, that's how long. <laughs> we'd had a few gins and streamed on Twitch on oh, Fortnite. On Earth. Um, but yeah, as a game, I feel like I should talk about it more than Fortnite. Mm-hmm. So my good thing of the week is um, I play a, it's a city building game called City Skylines, which if anyone played SimCity 4 when they were younger, or now. SimCity? Sim, no, it was only Sims in mine. God bless. Yeah, City Skylines, city Skylines is a fantastic city builder. And it, again, it's been, it's been my saviour over the last few months. I actually downloaded it when I first had COVID. But long story short, I bought the Snowfall pack which brings snow to the map, it brings trams, it brings a range of new activities and leisure facilities, so... Do you have slopes? Yeah. Really? You build them. Tobogganing? Y- yep. Oh, I would love to toboggan. Oh, show. Can we do it in real life, please? I, uh, I don't know where we do, but sure. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Bottoming go tobogganing. <laughs> Tobottoming. <laughs> Stay tuned while I live stream that as well, that'll be on Twitch. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you can actually follow us on Twitch at bottoming pod as usual. Yeah. Go see our little clips. We've made some clips of mm-hmm. um, some of our playing mm-hmm. bits. And also, actually, one last thing I will say as a positive. Um we noticed a small spike in listens the oh, start of this week. Um so I did a little bit of research and it turns out Apple Podcasts have featured us in the um so they've got an LGBT featured section and within that different categories we of all people are in inclusive education which goes with this episode incredibly well yeah teaching the children the people (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah thanks apple podcast because that was a a nice surprise this week that was lovely we've come to the end we have your law that is your law join us next time next time it's going to be a a special do we say what it is I mean, I think we can say, if, if anyone's following the calendar, yeah. you'll know we come out every two weeks on a Wednesday. You'll have a little peek. You'll see well, that... I'm out 24-7. <laughs> you'll see that the next episode release is due on the 1st of December. Which is... Which you should know is... What day today? So, we have a couple of really, really great interviews lined up, if we do say so ourselves. And also, um, Bridget Jones might make an appearance. <laughs> but... <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, don't hold us to that, but <laughs> you'll see. Something... What, you'll see or hear what we mean yeah. next time. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, OnlyFans. I've made that joke yeah. many times. Yeah, never get told. You're getting fired. Um, at Bottoming Pod and go to bottomingpodcast.com for links, resources, all the bits all and bobs, anything you think you need. Yeah, and. Give us a review. Mm-hmm. Please do. Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can even just, just click five stars or you can also click five stars and write a message. <laughs> yeah. Those are the to- two only options. <laughs> so if you could just do one of those two things, that would be really, really useful. I swear to God, the amount of people that want to turn off at this point. <laughs> no, no, no. Fucking five stars. <laughs> but yeah, thank you as always for listening. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in two weeks for mm-hmm. the 1st of December. Wow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have a gorgeous end of November see you then and as 
Always. <laughs> as always. You are doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 